Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Podrevo, of course, we've spoken to many times on the show in the past. Uh, generally, it was about COVID-19, uh, but it's a little bit different this time. Paul, good afternoon to you. You're now in Scotland. How are you, sir? How are you doing? And you own, of course, for those who don't know, Trevaux Restaurant in Killarney. I do indeed. I do indeed. Myself and my brother, yeah, we well, do indeed. Well, the last time we spoke to you, of course, was uh, towards the end of COVID there, and uh, I suppose you were desperate to get yourself open, and I think I've interviewed you many times yourself as well. So, now you're open. It's time for the sector to get back up and running again. But the problem is, according to Volta Ireland, uh, 40,000 vacancies in the sector. And it looks like, you know, places like your own restaurant and other restaurants and cafes and bars and hotels are shutting certain days because they just don't have the staff to open up again. I know, isn't it, Gas? If only somebody predicted this was going to happen about 18 months ago. I think, you, only... to- I th- I think you told me this would happen, Paul, if yeah, I remember right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if only somebody addressed the Somebody like Paul Travaux, you mean? Yeah, I mean, like, instead of paying eight advisors 100 grand plus that aren't in the industry, they could have asked me and I would have told them for free. And, so, why, I mean, and why do you think, look, the industry itself, there's a bit of a reputation, right? Now, I'm not saying everybody in the industry, the pay is not great. The conditions are not great. The hours can be a little bit antisocial, depending on what you're working at. Bars, hotels, restaurants, whatever it happens to be, right? So there's a bit of a... It's always... It's, it's kind of one of those stopover jobs. For a lot of people, it's not a job for life. It's when you're in college. It's maybe if you're not in college and you're looking for a quick job, maybe part-time, maybe so, a mum with two kids wants a bit of a part-time job for 20 hours. Is, is that the type of job generally it is? Well, the only people who think hospitality is on sociable hours are those that work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. I, I don't think I have unsociable hours at all. I love playing the golf course on a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock when there's nobody on it. So, <laughs> right. I mean, so, I mean we, we, like, unfortunately, I mean, we're, we're black, blue, red and white. We're all different. We all do different professions. Uh, and hospitality, people involved in hospitality don't see it as unsociable hours. And actually, a lot of people in hospitality work in hospitality because the hours suit their life. Some people are minding the kids mm. with them during yeah. the day. And I know, I did it myself. Sure, I worked as a nightclub DJ for many years and it was great. Yeah. It meant that I could play a role in my children's lives when they were growing up and very young because I was there during the day. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. here's the thing, Paul. What's changed between 2018, 19 and 2022? Forget about COVID for the moment. What's changed that we now can't? We now have forty thousand vacancies, and we have a possibility of pubs and bars and restaurants and hotels shutting on days because they can't bloody open because they've no staff. What's different? Well, it's not a possibility of bars and restaurants closing. It's it's a fact. That's that's what's happening right now at the moment. And some that are only closing two days a week are lucky. There's a lot that are gone altogether. Uh, but what has happened in the last, and it is because of COVID, and it is because of what the government did, is that, and this is the most important reason why so many people left hospitality and construction as well, and other industries. There's a lot of industries screaming out for staff. But we talk about hospitality, obviously. But the reason being is was out of 24 months, we were open for seven. So the government had shut us down for the best part of 17 months. And even though they thought they were great giving people €350 Euro a week, People had to survive. People had mortgages to pay. So the uncertainty of, I mean, even when we were all dying on a Thursday in January and all of a sudden Friday, everything was gone. We were grand, belt away, lads. Even though that happened, everybody was still sure that we were going to be shut down again in the next month or two if there was a spike or a surge or whatever the hell. And so the uncertainty of not knowing if you could go to work is the reason why so many people have left hospitality. That's reason number one. Reason number two is that we went from giving people 350 euro a week without being questioned that goes straight into their account 
it unfortunately sped up a lot of people's minds who were going to move back home to different countries in two, three, five years' time. Because now what happened, without being questioned, they were getting 350 a week into their hand whilst they were living in a different country. And you can say that's breaking the law. You can say, I don't care. I know, I know two people who did it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Two young people who were living in Spain with a friend of theirs in an apartment and getting 350 uh, a week from the Irish government. And that was for a period of 18 to 19 months or whatever it was. And I, I can guarantee you now, we all know at least two people. Mm. But of course, we're, our government aren't going to say that because that makes them look stupid, which they are, for the policy that they put in. They also brought in a very simple situation where anybody's son, daughter, nephew, niece who was working on a Saturday afternoon, whether it be in a bar, the local shop, the local chemist who was just working four or five hours on a Saturday, getting 40, 50, 60 euro a week, on Monday, they now got 350 a week into their hand. So are you saying we spoiled young people? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm saying we made... No, we, when I say we, I mean this government. No, so I don't, I'm not saying you I'm did. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not blaming anyone listening here at all. <laughs> this government made monumental cock-ups and are just trying to defend and kind of blank everything else that is definitely not their fault. It is 100% their fault with the policies that they brought in because they refuse... And, it, you, and you, you don't want to put any proportion, any of the blame whatsoever on the hospitality industry. Is that what you're telling me, Paul? Listen, the hospitality... So it's like the guy who's dropping down the letters around the bank saying, this, this job is useless. I thought bank people made a fortune. I'm here 20 years and I'm still earning 400 quid a week. The hospitality industry is an amazing industry. I'm in it all my life. I wouldn't be in it. I know... Yeah, but you're, but you're an owner of a restaurant, a celebrity yeah, chef, blah, 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 blah. You're, I mean, you're on good money. You're out playing golf on a Wednesday morning. So what yeah, I'm saying yeah. to you is, it's all right for you, but for, you know, for Johnny <laughs> or Mary, who's out picking up glasses or serving breakfast in the morning in some hotel on a minimum wage... It's not exactly the best, you know what I mean? It's not as good. Well, it's funny because when I was 14, I wasn't, and I hate the word celebrity chef, but I wasn't on TV as a chef. I wasn't playing golf on a Wednesday. I was in washing pots. I was in cleaning tables. I was in sweeping the floor, and I was in cleaning the jacks. Mm. The hospitality industry (laughs) is a stepping stone to absolutely anything you want. So when you turn around and, and give out and say, oh, it's a terrible pay job, maybe you should actually look at yourself because the industry is fantastic. I would recommend anybody to get into it. Oh, no, and as would I because I was in it for 30 years. But, but okay, but I'm just looking here. I mean, you tweeted last night as well. You're saying, waking up to over 10,000 euro of cancellations from a USA tour operator from September stroke October because of this stupid re-entry testing policy. People won't travel in fear of being stuck here for another 10 days. Uh, now, obviously, this is in relation to America and their... Yeah. Well, should we can't talk about their policy there. And you're right, it is a stupid policy at this stage to have to be doing testing 24 hours before you leave the bloody country to go back to America. So, I mean, but there's nothing we can do about that. That's not our, the Irish government's fault. Well, apparently, we have a Department of Foreign Affairs, so there actually is something we can do about it. And apparently, we're great friends with America, and apparently, we can convince the Americans to do anything we need them to do or want. But it's Joe Biden's decision, ultimately, because he's the one who made the decision on the 1st of November to allow people back into America again. I mean, I know Trump was trying to get it from the February before that, but I mean, it's ultimately his decision to instruct Homeland Security to get rid of that rule. And and I'm not disagreeing with you, it's a stupid rule. It's even an, to be honest with you, it's actually a very awkward rule because it's 24 hours. It used to be 72 up to January and they changed it to 24. So it makes it even yeah. more awkward. No, look, it's crazy. And just to give an example, I, I had one particular coach of 42 people that were down in the restaurant in Killarney. You know, these guys are touring all around Ireland. And the guide told me that when they were going back, 27 of them tested positive. Oh, and they had to stay here 10 days at an expense of over 4,000 euro each. And that went across America, like, like it should have, like wildfire on social media saying, listen, yeah. lads, 
Don't this go to Ireland. Happen to you yeah. if, if you yeah, or don't go abroad. Don't go abroad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a cunning ploy by the Americans to keep their their own market in America on holiday. I don't know, but it's but it's it's, it's unnecessary. It's well, yeah, the, well I mean, it's the only. Uh, is it the only place you need a test for now, America? Is I'm, it I'm one of the only ones anyway? It's probably one of the few. I mean, I know Portugal, Greece, and all these countries have removed pretty much like ourselves all kind of restrictions, much to the disappointment of other TV presenters and, and radio presenters, because we should all be still wearing masks. Masks and, and, going, around and, and going around in hazmat suits. Yeah, and by, I, I think it's actually dangerous. Me talking to you on the phone, we could catch up the way some of these guys were going on. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, look. But I, mean, so but I really wanted to ask you about the hospitality being affected due to, I suppose, hotels are being block booked at the moment. That's come up as well in relation to. And by the way, can I say, because I always have to say this, because it's fair for me to say this, that we all watch what's happening in Ukraine and it's tragic. And it is a tragic, tragic situation. And we can help as many people as possible. Welfare play to us but uh, there is a but um, the hospitality industry has been greatly affected in tourism by the fact that people can't get a hotel because it's being blocked up by uh, the, the, the Department of Justice for Refugees so you should never be afraid to tell the truth you should never be afraid to question authority nor authority should ever be afraid to be questioned because if they are it means they're doing something wrong so the Irish people should be incredibly proud of everything that we have done to help the Ukraines we have gone above and beyond and helped thousands of people come into this country However, we must know our limits, and we must know to the extent as to what we can do. Can we bring more Ukrainian refugees in? Possibly, but we cannot put them into hotels because it is now doing exactly that, that it is taking out the supply, which then drives up the demand. It's basic economics. So when you're wondering why a hotel is charging 300 euro for a night in certain places around the country... It's because they well, can. It's because they can, exactly, because the demand is there and the supply is now, you can shop around and you can very easily turn around and say, I'm not paying 300 euros to stay there. I'll go a little further out and I'll stay for 120 in this place. So, of course, there are hotels, but that's There's very few now. You get, I can tell you now, in Dublin right now at the moment and right out to the outskirts, going out to Swords and Tala and everywhere else, you will not get a hotel for less than 200 quid a night. Any, yeah, at any time. That's what I'm hearing, all right. But yeah, I mean, again, you, so would have, you would have got the cheaper hotels for 60 or 70 quid a night up to about two months ago. You know, yeah, the, che- yeah. you know the cheaper, the kind of... The economy ones that I'm talking about, but, but yeah. you won't get you won't even get them now. Yeah, no, no, that's that's exactly what I'm hearing. All right, but you must also understand as well, and the cost of doing business today compared to even four months ago. Of course, our government will tell you it's Ukraine, which is an absolute load of horse. Finish that last no, word yourself. Yeah. But so, so I know because so you've heating is, and you've gas and you've electricity and you've everything else that everybody else has, and obviously your costs go up too. Of course, yeah, yeah I get that. So, so, so to run my restaurant on on, on electricity alone was costing me the best part of twenty four thousand euro a year. Yeah, it costs a fair bit to burn them steaks, doesn't it? Yeah. Really and truly. <laughs> well, thankfully, we're good. We don't burn them. Well, but I like them burned, can I just say, Paul? <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. You, you, get the, you get the bad cut of the, of the beef if you want it well done. So, <laughs> anyone who gets the medium rare gets the better steak. But that's now doubled. That's now gone to 50,000 euro a year. Right. And just to understand, because people will be texting in, oh, all this guy cares about is his profit and this. Yeah, actually, I do care about my profit because I'm in business. And I need to stay in business to keep all my staff. But are you, get, are I, you getting staff, Paul? Have you got staff? I mean, are you, do you have a problem currently with staffing? You're, you're going to hate me saying this. We have a 100% full team right now at the moment. Okay. And because why do you think that lockdown, is? And without blowing your own trumpet, are you looking no, after I'll them? You, is that why? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you exactly why we have them. Because during lockdown and during COVID and during everything, I kept on our entire team on full pay and full salary. Well done. Because we, we said, well, do you know what? I just It was a gamble. Wouldn't a ba- I wouldn't say a bank manager was too pleased to hear that, but well done. No, 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 he probably wasn't all right, but it, but it was a gamble. And of course, there were subsidies and there were some bit of help. Now, this is like what people say, you got a pile of cash. We didn't. We were getting about 50% of what we needed to be getting in. But it definitely was a help. Having said that, they shut us down, so they had to help us. So we, they, they had no choice. Of course, to yeah. yeah. But 
so when we kept on the whole team inside in Trevos in Killarney, we turned around and said to the guys, listen, we will go above and beyond and do absolutely anything and everything we can. And Niall, can I just say, 99% of small family-run businesses would do the exact same and did the exact same. So we did everything and our staff turned around and repaid us with absolute I, But I only heard a story during the week, Paul, from a friend who was telling me that they had been in a hotel, a nice hotel, by the way, and when they came down the next morning for breakfast, there was no staff to serve the breakfast. The breakfast stuff wasn't even laid out. All the, 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 the clientele had to go into the kitchen themselves and get the Rice Krispies and the bowls and everything else because there was no staff there. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's all rosy. We're lucky. Well, we're not lucky because we we masters of our own destiny as far as I'm concerned. Mm. We, we we took that gamble and we got the rewards back now because we have a full crew. And we have, and I know people think that it's a kind of a Passover job. We have nothing but fully qualified people working with us in the restaurant because the people deem tourism to be a profession as well. Okay. So we've got a lot of people that, that are fully qualified. All our staff are fully okay. qualified. Okay. You're te- okay, finally, because I've only got five minutes here, Paul. So finally, in you're telling me everything that's wrong. And I'm actually, yeah. I'm agreeing with 99% of what you said, particularly the COVID stuff and the hazmat suits. But yeah. I'm agreeing with 99% of what you're saying. So but, you how, but how do you fix the problem? Come up with some ideas. Like I was talking just before you come on there for the last sort of 20 minutes about, for example, young people under the age of 25 who don't have dependents are saying, oh, can't get a job. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of jobs. There's 40,000 in your sector alone, right? Yeah. So, should it be a case of the government encouraging people who are not working to get up off your arse, go to a restaurant, go to a bar, go to a shop, go to a hotel, go to whatever it is, take a job or we're cutting you off? Those people who say that to you, Niall, actually have to put down their oat milk uh, frappuccino and take a break while they can say that to you. So I'm going to give you the solution as to how we fix this. And I said it before, and the reason why it hasn't been acted on is because it makes sense. For argument's sake. For argument's sake, I pay my lowest paid level of uh, member of staff in the restaurant 400 euro a week, or they can get 200 euro a week on social welfare. Now, let's forget about, uh, you know, kind of medical cards, rental lands, all that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, look, I'm getting 200 quid a week. Why would I be arsed, right? So yeah. I said, very, very simple. The government gives the employer 100 euro to hire that person, and I still pay him the 400 euro. So now my job is looking very attractive. So now the guy who's not working is now getting 500 euro to work are no social welfare, unless you obviously need social welfare. But, don't should, people yeah, but, but, but people are going to argue, and I understand the point you're making, and it's not a yeah. bad idea, right? So or, even decrease, or even decreasing your employer's PSI or whatever it happens Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Okay, but, but people are going to say, why should I, the taxpayer, fund Paul Travaux's restaurant to pay staff? Yeah, because you're funding double if you don't. Well, so that's why. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's like the lesser of the two evils, isn't it? I suppose. You know, but so what we need to do is so we need to fix the problem first, which is, which is to get people off social welfare that can work. We need to get them working. We need to turn around and say that the low-paid job, whether it be in a restaurant, whether it be in a bank, whether it be in construction, that's not attractive to somebody who's not but, qualified, and I mean it with the greatest mm. respect. But they're not qualified to walk in and demand a thousand euro a week because they don't have the qualification. Okay, that's going to get us a few thousand people into hotels, restaurants, and bars, right? Yeah. A lot of the a lot of those people, the five point five percent of people which are unemployed, which is a very low unemployment rate, can I point out? Yeah. A lot of that five percent, you wouldn't want them working in your restaurant. Do you understand yeah, no, what I'm, you understand what I'm saying? No, okay, so I'm definitely not going to disagree with that. Of course, yeah. of course. So yeah. where are we going to get the rest of the people from? Where are we going to get them from? So do we do we need more people to come into Ireland back who kind of fled home to Poland or whatever it is or Estonia whatever it was during the uh, or Latvia during the the COVID? Do we do we need to get them back? So so the reality of it is is yes we need to get people in from somewhere and when when we're giving out moaning about our minimum wage being four hundred euro a week for argument's sake their minimum wage is six hundred euro a month 
So mm. it's attractive, just like the Irish left when we had no work here. Unfortunately, that's the world. That's not me. That's the world that we live in. And it could be the Mexicans. It could be Indians. And they're saying, oh, that's it. You want to exploit low-paid people. I don't want to exploit anyone. I'm just stating a simple fact of life. Their life is actually better coming, working here, earning more money so that they can go home and have a better life and eventually buy their house back home wherever they come from. So we need to do whatever we need to do in order to get that. The other point, and people mightn't like it, is that the hospitality industry, premises-wise, is completely oversaturated. So we've had fellas who were never working in my industry. I always wanted to have a restaurant. I'll open up a restaurant because they had the cash. They never should have gotten involved in restaurants. And we're going to see that that the majority of places that are going to go bust are unfortunately those who were never in the industry, never did the training in the industry, never went to college in the industry, are unfortunately going to lose everything and close up because they don't know how to batten down the hatches. And unfortunately, we're going to batten down the hatches again after another two, three years of hell. Well, look, Paul, I wish you and all your fellow restaurateurs and your fellow hoteliers and uh, everybody else in the hospitality the best of luck. I think there needs to be changes made. I think you all need to look at yourselves, not you, Paul, personally, but I think you, they, <laughs> I think they need to look at themselves and how they treat staff and how they pay staff um, to encourage more in. And I also agree with you that we need to probably, that we're, even with the unemployed people in this country, we're not going to have enough people to fill all those vacancies, particularly yeah. for the seasonal work. Um, so you're probably going to have to have people come back to us who left us during COVID. Paul, good luck want, to you. I'll I get to down to you for a steak someday. I just want to finish on one last point. I'll make it very quick. Yeah. If you have a teenager, 15, 16, 17, get them into a bar and restaurant this summer. Irrelevant of the money, irrelevant of everything else, the life experience and the knowledge they will gain working mm-hmm. for this summer will get them the top job in whatever they choose to become in their own careers. I yeah. guarantee it. You want to get a good work ethic into them. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you. Absolutely. Paul. Couldn't agree with you. Uh, all right. Listen, Paul, thank you very much, Need. I'll be Thanks, down for, as I said, I'll be down for the steak soon. Get it on the grill now. I'll, it should I'll be burnt by the time I get there. <laughs> Take care, Noah. Thanks for See you, Bob. There you go. Paul Trevo, celebrity chef and owner of Trevo Restaurant in Killarney, talking about the fact that we have 40,000 jobs available in the hospitality sector. And he's blaming the government squarely for... I, I kind of essentially got the impression he's saying they, they basically spoiled people during the COVID. Uh, and they, you know, some people were spoiled during the COVID. Others weren't, needed the money badly. But the way we all know that there was 18 and 19 year olds out there who were probably working two days a week before COVID. And all of a sudden they were handed 350 quid a week. I know two people who lived in Spain for 18 months whilst claiming the 350. They had a nice little apartment and a nice little way of life on a beach in Spain. It's truth. Uh, they were working before that in a cinema. And two of them were working in a cinema for two days a week, probably only earning 120 quid a week before COVID. Anyway, that's all stopped now, by the way, because those payments are gone now. So hopefully they've come back. I don't know what they're doing now. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.